<clears throat> so I'm going to intro us. Do it. Let's okay. go, bro. Okay. Okay, what am I going to say? Crap. <laughs> this is your favorite. It's my favorite thing. I got to get over this, though. The thing is, I'm just, it's so in my nature to be campy and hokey about it. Like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Look the Look at you, you need, know. then do that. Okay, you then I'm going to do that. Then just I'm gonna do meet. it that way. That's awesome. Welcome back to the Jesus Way podcast. It's Brandon McGuire and my friend here, Josiah Graves. And today we are tackling the topic of, what are we tackling? Spiritual formations, spiritual dis- disciplines, kind of all the above. And frankly, I'm a tiny bit of the skeptic. Not that I disagree with any of it, but I'm less knowledgeable about some of these topics. I'm actually really excited to dig into them and kind of ask clarifying questions along the way to unearth what is valuable when we talk about the topic of spiritual formation Mm. and within spiritual formation, the topic of what? Spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines. So it's funny you say that because I, so I, I, I think this is good because I almost want to get into it right away. Like, yeah. You know, we want to do this for the next, I don't know, 13, 14 weeks. Like, and we can even explain what that means, like why so many. Um, this is probably a big overview. Like, what is spiritual disciplines? What is spiritual formation? What's the point of it? Um, you know, spiritual formation, I, I think, has like been defined a lot of different ways, but it's being formed inwardly by the Holy Spirit into the likeness of Jesus through timeless disciplines, practices, grace. But I just love that. It's like timeless disciplines. It's, it's scriptural. It's ancient. It's biblical disciplines God has given us to be formed, right, inwardly into the likeness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's by the grace of God. It's by the Spirit of God. But I think before we even, like, define that and unpack that more, when mm-hmm. you say, I'm a little skeptical, like, I think I want to know, like, right, when you said this to me before, I'm like, why the skepticism about the disciplines or this, I guess, labeling it or titling it that way? Is that I th- why? I think, and I, and hmm, I, I think that I might have some kind of baggage around things that are, like, seven steps to, like, <laughs> like you know, yeah. walk in victory or, like, five simple ways to do this or that, like, things that are too programmatic or language that becomes like, Mm. like hyperbole, like, you know, like I I just, I'm like allergic to Christian things. (laughs) I just want the B-I-B-L-E. I just like, I want the real thing and I'm allergic to like things. And this Uh, feels like a thing to me. A packaged thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I I can understand that. It definitely has like, you know, it's always, I guess, you know, concerning when you see like three steps to healthy marriage, like three, why, why three? Cause it's convenient. Right. Like, you know, I guess why 12, why 13, like whatever that is. Um, yeah, I can understand that. And I think we should probably talk through that a little bit. Cause I, I am, I think when we first started, you know, doing this, we're not even that far into it, mm-hmm. but it's like the first one was like, let's talk about the gospel. Let's talk about the Holy spirit. Like, and we never graduate those topics, like the gospel, the Holy spirit, the grace of God. That's, that's what changes and transforms. That's what does its deepest and best work. And how, like, how do we partner in a sense with God on our internal transformation? Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I, I kind of look at this like a Philippians two twelve, like work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God who works in you both to do and to will for his good pleasure mm-hmm. so that the idea of like work out what's what's in so work out what's what's already in you mm-hmm. um and I, I love that thought of like something's in you know but you got to work it out mm-hmm. right and so i think like it's the spirit of god who, who does it it's like he, he puts it in us this mm-hmm. desire to be like him a new heart new will new emotions new mind yeah but how do you work that out right like i think okay so here's another thing i'm i'm more open to this now than I would have been uh, even a month ago. Okay. I honestly feel like through the conversation with Dylan and getting mm. the the whole deep dive into like AA and just like the value of doing and the value of discipline and the value of like just training your yourself like 
to comply with certain standards that make life good for you. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm like, man, I actually, that like through talking to Dylan, I was, I really feel like God was talking to me and even listening back through it and editing. I, I the second time I listened to it, I was like, man, there's a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. in this. And I actually feel like I personally need to integrate more discipline into my life. And so this topic kind of coming on the tail of the last episode that we did, I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. what do you got for me, God? Like I like all like I I actually want to just subject myself to these things um as we I mean I guess maybe that's so that's just a little anecdote for me personally. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of excited about this. And when I say this Maybe that's a good transition into like, what are we planning here? Yeah. So I think in some ways we want to like enter into a journey as like whatever the topic is or the practice or discipline, um, whatever that is, we want to like do that. And so I think we do want to end like, hey, this week, here's how we're going to do the discipline of prayer or generosity or scripture reading Mm -hmm. or meditation on the word. Mm -hmm. Um, Like here's our, here's a few things we want to like share with you, practice, try it. Let's come back, me and you talk. Like, how did you do? Um, and, I, and again, there's a lot of pitfalls with that, right? Because I want to talk through what happens when you fail, what happens when you miss a day, what happens when it wasn't long enough, what happens when it accomplished the goal of like real intimacy with the Lord and you just felt like you did it. Um, and I want to talk through like all those things. So I think that's why this will take a while. And I, I think also we don't, you know, we could say like, you know, fasting or prayer and almost like assume people know what that means, what that looks like, where do mm-hmm. I start, how do I begin? Um, a lot of things can get lost in translation. So we want to be like really crystal clear and like spend one, I guess, episode or podcast per discipline. Do we have a comprehensive list of disciplines that we're planning on tackling? Yeah, I mean, I think so. You want to talk to them? Want me to yes. talk to those? Okay. Because I think people listening are like, what exactly are we talking about? And like, it's helpful to see like, all right, this is, these are the things that we're talking about. Absolutely. Okay. So let me like even start with this, dude, I, <laughs> I'm such an, an, like a newbie in this. Like I'm such a beginner in this. Like. Um, so I almost want to even go back further. I think for like, from a very young age, we're told like, do your devos and people like say that to non-Christians. Like, what is that? That's such a yeah. weird thing. Like we're like, Hey, like, awesome. I'm, I'm so glad to hear you. You believe in Jesus. Like, have you done your devotional or something? You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And like, we already do the disciplines in some ways, right? Like, Hey, we wake up, maybe read a little, maybe pray a little that those are like basically in a sense, some disciplines. Like you're, you're saying, I want this to be habit routine. I want this to shape me for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want the Holy spirit to take hold of these and again, produce life in me. So in some ways, like maybe you're already doing these and maybe you never had like language to it. Maybe you never put it in this kind of, I don't know, conversation or box. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's healthy. Maybe it's like, it's just been naturally a part of your life. But like, you know, I think there are certain disciplines or habits that we like want to explore, like um, ones that like require me to kind of get away, ones that require me to like serve and be active and proactive. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's like um, a little bit of back and forth we want to do with that. Um, so I guess, yeah, here's um, some of the disciplines if my computer will cooperate. Here we go. Uh, so today I think we want to talk about like the Holy Spirit's work. You know, this is not just like us, our work. It's mm-hmm. like the spiritual disciplines are that spirit. Mm-hmm. Like we need the Holy Spirit. Yep. This is not just me and what can I do? Um, we want to talk about just like, okay, what does it mean to... Um, practice the disciplines, practice the way of Jesus, Matthew 7, whoever hears these words of mine and uh, does them is like a wise man who builds his house. How do we do the, what are these sayings? What are the teachings of Jesus? Mm -hmm. How do we do them? Uh, The Sermon on the Mount is really profound for these like disciplines. Um, So, I mean, when you read Matthew 5 through 7, how many times is Jesus talking about praying, giving, forgiving? 
Like these are actually like Christian disciplines, you know, and like he's like, you've, I've heard, you know, you've heard it said, but I say to you, you've like, you've been doing it, but you've been also doing it like with the wrong heart or motive or wrong way. So in some ways it's like, how do we get back to that, but also do it the way Jesus intended? You know, I think that's some of it. Um, but yeah, let me point these out first. So dude, this was huge. I'm just going to like Richard Foster. Uh, Shout out. Dude, the celebration of discipline. I feel like he's kind of like been a go-to guy for many people on this. Yep. This is super helpful. Um, I think if you want to like start, where could I start? That's really basic. John Orberg wrote a book called The Life You've Always Wanted. And I feel like that was like a very, dude, he just starts off the chapter by being like, I failed mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm failing as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, as a friend. And it's just very honest how he opens up. And he's like, it's basically Romans 7, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, how do, like, what does that look like? Like Jesus saves me from hell, but he saves me from me. And he saves me from my laziness. He mm-hmm. saves me from my flesh. And like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And how do I actually act on these the spiritual tools that he's given us? Mm. So, dude, I feel like John Orberg is the best. If you're like just kind of like, where do I start? That was a really helpful one. This one's kind of funny. It's called Practicing the Way of Jesus, Life Together in the Kingdom of Love. Um, this guy's kind of interesting. His name's Mark Scandretti. I think he's I think he's based out of San Francisco. This mm. was helpful because he actually like um he he did something with his church called the Jesus the Jesus Dojo, mm. and it's like on Saturdays the church will get together maybe go through a discipline talk through it, do a little training on it, but then like break out or maybe like leave the four walls of the church, like now go do this discipline because hmm. a discipline might be like evangelism. Like it's a weak muscle of my like Christian life, but I need to go out and do it. So I kind of just said hmm. a lot there, but those Richard Foster, uh, this guy, John Ortberg, a guy named David Mathis, I think it is like habits of grace is what he called it. That was awesome. Dallas Willard, renovation of the heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many guys like now a popular ones like John Mark Comer had took, I feel like all those guys and mm-hmm. did like the ruthless elimination of hurry and focus on like disciplines and a couple key ones. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's been like repackaged, you know, I don't know if you've like, if that's just overwhelming or if that's just too much, but that was like, a good place to begin. I feel like. I, I mean, I think, I think that it's really cool because thinking about this a little bit, I should speak for myself rather than generalizing to the yeah. entire American church. For me, there there definitely was a significant block of time where Christianity was primarily holding the right ideas, um, having the correct doctrinal stances. Um, it was basically just like, I, I, these are the things that I believe. I check these boxes. Like I mm-hmm. essentially acknowledge the validity of the apostles creed. Mm-hmm. And, and so obviously truth is totally important, but there really wasn't a lot of, there was not a premium placed on like, okay, great. What now? Like, how, how are you mm-hmm. living? Like, what are you doing for? in light of these truths, in light of these doctrines, it was just like, get your theology screwed on straight. Mm. That's the goal of the Christian life. Have the right theology. And again, nothing against, I mean, it's essential to have, to know the truth. Yes. Um, but I do, I do think that a lot of people fall into that category. Um, I think that, I think that it's, I think that there might just be a gap in our culture too, in terms of like, what does it look like to walk out the living of the Christian life together? Mm -hmm. Because we're such an insular individualistic culture, it's like we can translate information through messages that we call sermons once per week on a Sunday far easier than we can legitimately walk out the Christian life collectively as the local church. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's just my own speculation, but I feel like there's something 
significantly more so lacking in the West, in the Western church, particularly in the modern American church in this area um, th- than there is in like knowing theology, knowing that you like the, kind of the post, the kind of the enlightenment projects uh, trickle down into, into our manifestation of Christianity has left us where it's largely ideas centric as opposed to being, Action centric, mm. living centric, community centric, confession centric, yes. horizontally focused as well. And obviously, these two things are not mutually exclusive. But if I feel like, if I'm making my assessment and looking at our culture, I feel like we're significantly slanted towards thinking and, and writing and reading and, and ideating about Christianity more so yeah. than we are living out Christianity. So for those reasons, I'm, I think this is something that people need more exposure to. And to do it together too, which is a yes. part of this that we had talked about is what if we partake in these spiritual disciplines intentionally and mm-hmm. invite anyone listening to it to join us in that endeavor so that we're actually not just doing more I- ideas, yes. but we're actually inviting people to join us on a journey of living out the Christian life. Mm-hmm. That makes me excited. That, yes, you're spot on. That's the hope, right? I mean, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. It's like discipleship has maybe at times been an afterthought, um, or maybe that's been the emphasis and it hasn't been intimacy with the Lord. And I think like what spiritual formation does is like, it's like, how do we have, how do we seek to have like true, genuine communion with God? And mm-hmm. how do we seek to have discipleship where there's like an action plan, like a discipleship pathway? Um, and I think like, even when we use those terminology, like, what do we mean by that? But, mm-hmm. um, and like every church might craft that differently, but like, okay, how do we make disciples? Um, I think spiritual formation, like it's, it's again, it's teaching a man to fish rather than giving a man a fish. Mm-hmm. It's saying, Hey, I want to invite you into this way of living this lifestyle. Um, and I think there's a few, like, it's, it's helpful, I think, to try to at times categorize it mm-hmm. because then you can kind of like, okay, I can, where am I missing it? Where am I lacking? Um, and then there's times where it can actually maybe be harmful. And I want to talk about that. Like mm-hmm. there's times where this might become pharisaical and the disciplines are a mean to an end. And the end mm-hmm. is intimacy with Jesus, spiritual growth, depth, discipleship. Like mm-hmm. that is, you could say the end, but sometimes the disciplines become the end. Like I'm doing the disciplines, therefore I'm spiritual, therefore I'm holy. And it's like, no, you know, which just kind of, which is, which is, that's a good point. That's part of the reason why when I talk about being skeptical yes. at the start is I look at not only Catholicism, not only Judaism, but literally every other world religion and the emphasis is placed totally on the behaviors, yes. the rituals, the rites of passage, all of mm-hmm. the things that you do in order to gain God's favor. And because Christianity stands in stark contrast mm-hmm. from all of that, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's not formalize mm. Christianity into another ritualistic pattern of living that's just a matter of making God happy with our lifestyle, mm-hmm. because that is not what Christianity essentially is. But at the same time, it's like a two-edged sword where it's yeah. like, but then, or how then shall we live? And there yes. is that that response to the gospel, that response to what God's done for us. It's not just, and, and that's the crazy thing, and it's... Uh, We've kind of had this conversation before too, but yeah. there, there really is like the legalism and the liberalism mm. that are the, to quote Tim Keller, the two thieves mm-hmm. on on each side of the the the, the gospel is being crucified, mm. and, and and there's two thieves 
on each side of it that are trying to steal from the truth and the goodness of the gospel. There's the liberalism and the legalism, and they're pulling the truth away. And in the sense, the gospel is being crucified in that in that way in our mm. in our culture. And I think just in the human heart, like that is, yeah. it, it's like a razor's edge to fully understand that, like it's not by works of righteousness yes. that we have done, but according to His mercy that He saved yes. us. And what, what's Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10? Mm-hmm. And there's good works that have been prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Walk in them. Absolutely. I mean, you're spot on. And that's why I feel like before some people, maybe for some who are listening right, right now to this, they need to go back and listen to the one on the gospel. Yeah. And like, go back to Matthew 11. Come to me, all of those who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Like, and I think that's going to say like, and you don't graduate that. It's like, okay, now we're the disciplines we left. Like, we still need to always fight for the Matthew 11. We need to fight for the gospel of Jesus, like resting in the finished work of the cross. So this is not like um, an either or. Mm-hmm. This is like, start at the gospel. You know, it's God has saved us. God has pursued us. God has redeemed us. God has bought us at a price. Therefore, we're his. And now what is the way of Jesus? Like what, when, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, again, is that an important way to live? Like, is it not, not that we get to heaven because we're doing that, but because in a sense, it's like, this is how I've created you. This is where you'll find most peace, most enjoyment, most joy. Um, Following my teachings is like, when Jesus says, go out and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded. There's something about that, right? Like, Mm. so we want to make disciples. We want transformation. We want rebirth. We want regeneration. But how do we like teach them to observe all the things he's commanded. So in some ways it's like, let's get back to the teachings of Jesus. Are we living generously? Are we, do we have prayer in secret before just public? You know, are we forgiving those who've wronged us? And like, these are all disciplines. Like it, it takes like, I need to sometimes sit down and be like, I have bitterness in my heart towards them. Like I need to practice forgiveness. And that can and is a discipline. Mm-hmm. So I, and I, so I guess some of, them, some of the ones that we will tackle. I was going to say, we yeah. never got to the conference. <laughs> I know, sorry, that's my bad. So hit me. Um, we'll do, you know, meditation. And like, I'll kind of save that. Like meditation, you know, Eastern versus like a Jewish, biblical, Christian meditation. The differences of that. Is what you're about to talk through in any particular order? Uh, I'm, hopefully, maybe it'll be in this order. It might be. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm going to try. I'm going to try okay. my best. All right. So, and this is something we did as a church, you know, years mm-hmm. ago. And I find it, it'll be helpful. And it's not just these, like, I hope we can actually explore some other ones that are not here, Mm -hmm, but just mm -hmm. a few, um, meditation, prayer, practicing Sabbath, practicing, like serving, like some have to be just serving. Um, I would say actually it's weird stewarding our body, like stewarding our body. Like how do we take care of like this body that God has given us? Um, bodily exercise profits a little, that kind of a thing. Like how do Mm -hmm. we actually, you know, use this body? Well, like Mm -hmm. Paul's like, I discipline my body. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, gains, cel- gains, <laughs> gains. <yeah. laughs> celebration, um, and giving thanks, mm. just like slowing down, like thank God more. So the, the practice of celebrating, um, generosity, giving, studying scripture. I view this in like two ways. I think we can kind of approach it two ways. There's like studying scripture, like in a exegete, like, kind of like, I want to understand the context. I understand what's the author's, you know, who is he? What's he saying? What's the time period? What's going on? Like, I want to know it that way. But then like reading, like it's called like Lectio Divina, like the way of like, I actually want to read to like internalize. I want to read to receive. Some people have a problem with that. And I want to get into that, but like reading for the sake of like, I want to know the context. I want to the big picture, but I also want to like, I want like, God, what are you saying to me today right now? Mm. And I think you can do both, you know? Mm. So I want to like talk about that studying scripture kind of in two parts, forgiveness, community, um, worship, you know? Like, so these are some, right? Um, I don't know if there's any way to like, just say, this is it, but mm-hmm. we're saying, how do we make these healthy rhythms in our life? So do we, maybe we're too much on the, um, like, and we'll talk about this too, like silence and solitude. Um, maybe we're too much on the, I want to pull away. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe we're too much on the, I'm about serving, I'm about giving. And it's like, it's like this ebb and flow sometime of like the tide coming in and going out. Like sometimes we need to like, okay, maybe I need to be more proactive and serve and share my faith and like do outward things. Maybe I need to like take a step back and be like still and know that he is God. Um, maybe I just need to be quiet. Maybe I need to meditate on scripture. And also it's not like always either or. Sometimes it's like I need both throughout my day, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but there might be seasons where you're like, I'm going to give myself more over to the Sabbath kind of idea. I'm going to give myself more over to the, again, serving kind of idea. So mm-hmm. I think I want to approach it in some ways, like where, you know, where are you at? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, this is kind of cool. So I think it's Richard Foster. He talks about there's like internal disciplines. It's like kind of how he defines it. Mm-hmm. Like external disciplines. That's kind of what we describe, like maybe so silence and solitude in, internal. There's more external. And then talk, talks about like corporate disciplines, like things the church must do together, like worship must be done together. Hmm. Studying scripture even and coming under scripture must be done together. So there's some of those things that like actually, you know, and all of them you could say have like, you know, parallels between them or they, they apply to both. But I do think there's like, I need some internal, external and corporate, like together. Hmm. Um, so there's different ways I feel like to, to break this up you know, to look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another way, I think, you know, John Mark Comer did a series about this like years ago, but it was really helpful. I thought when he specifically talked about um, everyone's being formed by something, like everyone, right? Like the, the books you read, the shows you watch, the music you listen to, the podcasts you listen to, all of that's shaping us. Now, if it's not based off Jesus and his word, it's making us into a certain image. And it might be somewhat, it can be helpful at times, but it might not be like an image like Christ. And then there's, so there's like unintentional formation and there's like intentional formation. So unintentional might be just be even all the, the friendships you have, the people you talk to, what they're saying, how that kind of infects your heart, infects your brain, kind of like ruins your thought process. And we got to be aware, like, okay, so I'm taking in a lot of unintentional formation. Our phone obviously is massively, you know, changing us. But then there's that thought of like, I need intentional formation. Like I have to purposely put this on my calendar or like fight for this because I'm receiving so much unintentional formation. I need intentional, like spiritual formation. And maybe that's just like certain talk, but I found that to be helpful. Like so much is changing and kind of influencing me in that way. I mean, so I guess, let me start with you. Like, you know, some of these things, um, you're already doing some, I'm guessing, right? Is there a few that you think I would like to work on this or I'd like to, you know, spend some time developing this? Some of the things we talked about. Okay, it's good to take it for me to cut here. Sorry. <laughs> What's that? No, it's a good to take it for me to cut here. Oh, I, need, okay. I need to be real honest, um, <clears throat> but I haven't really answered that question. Okay. For me, it's, it's, it is funny. Well, I don't know if this sounds funny or not, but the idea of prayer again, as a thing, hmm. like prayer as a discipline is, is actually kind of a foreign concept because it's, it's been something that has not, has not been like, it's not been the kind of thing where I've prayed where I have a prayer closet where I carve out time and I go to that place and I, and I pray, but I've listened, like there's people that I respect so much. And in particular, I'm thinking of Leonard Ravenhill Mm -hmm. who preached this sermon about prayer. And it like, it blew my mind because the way that he, the way that he talks about prayer is just very inspiring. He, he values it so much. He safeguards it against everything else in his life. He makes sure that he is able to go and be alone with God for, you know, an hour mm-hmm. at, at like minimum mm-hmm. and his day. And it's like, I'm like, that sounds so extreme. And like, I don't understand that. And like, and I'm not saying that that is requ- like necessary every day, but the, that enti- like, that's so foreign to me mm-hmm. that it's, that it's, 
inspiring. There was other, like the African pastors that I met would like retreat, like they would like leave their family community, whatever, and like go on a, go on like a long hike and just talk to God, meditate, like be with God. And that also was so inspiring to me, just in the sense of you're carving out this time to do this thing called prayer. Whereas for me, it's always been like, I'm in the moment. I'm like, I'm, it's very spontaneous the way that my prayer life is. And I think there's something good about that too, probably. But I also, I also look at some of those other people and I think, man, there's something, there's something in that that I need to dial into Mm -hmm. that's very, very valuable, dedicated, alone, precious time with the creator where you're opening up communication and, and it's not coming in and out of other thoughts and things and running over here. I'm also doing the dishes. I'm also listening to music or driving or at work or whatever. And like, yes, pray without ceasing, but prayer as a prayer, as a, the idea of prayer being like going on a date with God, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm carving out this time. It's just you and me. I'm valuing it so that nothing else is happening during it. And it's just going to be the two of us. Prayer in that way is, is something I really want to grow in. And I think when I, when I think about prayer in the context of this type of a conversation, it feels more like that, even the way that Dylan was talking about it. And then I learned <laughs> to get on my knees and pray at my bedside. And I'm like, I don't do that. I don't get on my knees and pray at my bedside, but that's freaking cool. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like the, the reverence mm. and intentionality of that physical posture. Like I'm getting down here and I'm talking to the Lord, you know? Yes. So... I guess that, that would be my answer is the first thing that jumps, jumps out is prayer as a practice, prayer like a date yeah. with God, basically. Yeah. And I think as we talk through these, it can get overwhelming because I just named a bunch and you're like, this just sounds too much. Mm-hmm. But I think the thought of it is to like, it's okay for us to go, I have a, a two, three minutes to start there by mm-hmm. carving out mm-hmm. being still or praying. Like I said, just complete and utter, you know, removing a phone, everything's turned off, but three minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like, I don't know, I think sometimes we're very audacious, like I want 15, 20, 30 an hour. And it's like, mate, have you done five minutes without your phone in the room and just still and on your face? Mm-hmm. And have you kind of been quiet and just, you know, said, Lord, speak to me, I'm listening, and made it maybe more of a dialogue than just a monologue of prayer. Like, mm-hmm. there's some of these things we can get to, and I want to, I think it can be helpful, mm-hmm. but I, it does, it can become overwhelming. Like, there's some downfalls sometimes, and I think that's why we want to, like, talk in a broad picture today. Yeah. Because it's like, there are some downfalls, and, and there's still some questions around this, because that which began in the Spirit can we can try to make perfect in the flesh. We can do what the Galatians did. Mm-hmm. And obviously we don't want to do that. We don't want to say this began in the spirit. Now we got it. We have the disciplines, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what can happen sometimes is like, we have these spiritual disciplines, these 12 steps, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, it could be so good. Yes. For us to live a discipline. We need to live a disciplined life. Mm-hmm. But if we're forgetting that it is like, it is the Holy spirit and the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus and the love of Christ that compels us mm-hmm. and us partnering with him by setting aside time and still going, you know, we're inviting you, Spirit, to speak, to move, to direct, to conv- to convict. Like, what we're just giving you space to do what you want to do in this in this time. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much about like, okay, hit the three minutes. I heard the timer ding. You know, it can be very it can be very religious, and then we'll miss the fruit of it. We'll miss the intimacy of it. Mm-hmm. And listen, I've fallen to that 
all the time. And I, I, that's why I think like I need to do this with others. I think that's why there's this element of corporate disciplines. Like mm-hmm. I need people to say, Hey, you're getting like, this is a routine now. Like, and it's great. Like you want good habits, but this is not like genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as we talk about this, we need to look at like the pitfall. So let me even like just read Titus. Cause I think Titus three summarizes, I think the heart of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like for the whole thing. So Titus three, three, I'll, I'll start here. Um, Paul says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. By the way, that's like the unintentional spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. Like that's just what we were. Like we were all those things, disobedient, foolish, led astray. Like we just let those things form us, Hmm. you know, being hated and hating He's like, that's just what culture will do. It'll form you into that image, mm-hmm. right? Now, verse four, but, and this is like the gospel, right? But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. So you see, like, it's obviously the gospel, Mm -hmm. but when the goodness of God appeared, God transformed, God changed, his mercy poured out. It is is fully Jesus that brings that transformation. And he's, but this is a faithful saying, like continue in good works. Mm-hmm. So this like we got like this is what we were unintentionally led astray. All those things, the gospel transformed, gospel changed, Holy Spirit came in. But this is a good saying, you know, giving yourselves over to these good works. And I think these good works we can talk through that more. Like what is good work? But that's like we're pr- trying to practice the teachings of Jesus. We're trying to practice the Word of God, mm-hmm. the the apostles' doctrine. We're trying to go through and say let's now practice this, right? So I think that's like the hope is like how do we always, always just remind ourselves and go, yes, it's, it's by your love, Jesus. It's by what you've done. Mm-hmm. But like, I also like, I want to join you now in continuing to give myself over to these good works, you know, this kind of lifestyle. Let me ask you a question. I just was thinking of that, that like along those very lines, um, if the Holy Spirit, if God through the Holy Spirit, um, will not stop until the work that has begun is completed. Right? Yeah, yeah. Philippians 1. Okay. No, no, I butchered it. No, no, no. How, but how he, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's that's the yeah. verse I was thinking of. He who began a good work in you will complete it until... The day of Jesus. The day of Jesus. Yeah. So if that's true, I guess my question is, why do we need... Uh, like a podcast to point towards this or why do we need to, I guess like be intentional about it? Like why, like how, why is the Holy Spirit not just doing like creating the, the way of Jesus, the, the, um, the disciplines within believers? Like, Mm -hmm. why is it something that's like, okay, the Christian life that you were kind of doing, but now also this, Mm -hmm. like, why is that not just automatic, inevitable, 
unintentionally happening through the spirit. Yes. I mean, I think, I think the best analogy that we see in scriptures is like a farmer. So, right. I think, I mean, listen, what you're saying is a great question. It's phenomenal. Like why can't we just like the Holy Spirit's in us? I mean, now we just be on the couch all day. Like, and Mm -hmm. obviously that doesn't go, that doesn't work. Right. The Holy Spirit's doing something to us. Mm -hmm. And I think we're joining him on this mission. Like it is that co-mission. I think there's a sense of like, okay, but I think the best analogy is like farming where it's like, what does Paul say in Galatians 5? If you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you will reap life. Mm-hmm. So if you sow to the spirit, like, so I'm sowing like seeds mm-hmm. and I'm going to reap this harvest, but I'm so, if you sow to the spirit. So if I'm giving myself over to these spiritual disciplines, like the spirit himself, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say the discipline, I want to say the Holy Spirit, but if I, you give yourself over, yourself over, you will reap life. So I think there's a side of it. It's like, I'm giving, I want to give myself more over to the work. So prayer is a way to give yourself like, okay, God, what is it you want to say? Mm. Um, what does it want to do? It's not, again, like your kingdom come, your will be done. So I think you're opening yourself up to like, okay, spirit, like take over, you know, here mm. I am, send me kind of a thing. And I think these disciplines kind of open you up to, to that. Again, the disciplines are like more of a means to an end. And I, the, I think it's Dallas Willard who describes spiritual formation in like kind of in this way. And I thought it was really cool. He's like, you're developing your inner sanctuary. You know, if we are where God dwells, mm-hmm. right? If we're the dwelling place of God dwelt in temples, but now he dwells in us, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, okay, there's this like, there's a sense of um, the holy of holies isn't everyone. Mm-hmm. That's a really crazy thought. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really, it's just insane, right? Because I'm just, I'm still a filthy sinner. And I still, I still just, I don't know, I, I constantly blow it. Yeah. And yet the God decides to say, you are holy, you are bought at a price, therefore glorify you know me in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And there's in this sense this inner sanctuary. And how do I how do I go despite the chaos of life? Like you think what a sanctuary is supposed to be, I can kind of go into the sanctuary and find peace and safety and clarity and love and hope. And the idea is like hopefully, despite what might be going on around us, there is there is a spirit of God in us and everything we need for life and godliness mm-hmm. that we can access. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I thought that was such a beautiful he talks about that, I think, in renovation of the heart. Mm-hmm. It was so like, wow, Lord, like I do I access this inner sanctuary yeah. in a sense. I think I think that's what I'm getting at too, is I, I guess it's like it's that idea of like practicing the presence of God. That's yes. a weird phrase. And, and and yet there's something in that that I'm trying to pull out that I think is very important, which is like it, everything has been done for us, but not everyone's, not every Christian's life looks exactly the same. The th- the work of the spirit on the believer isn't like this, rep- this thing that happens the same way every time. Like we actually play a role in to what extent do we open ourselves up to mm-hmm. the movement of the spirit in our life, the, you know, to what extent do we allow God to sharpen us as a tool that he uses to mold us like, you know, like a potter molds clay, but it's, there's a, there's a, there's a role that we're playing in that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that, I think that's kind of the question that I'm, that I'm asking or what I'm trying to get at is, I guess maybe I'm just trying to think through or or maybe even just highlight like the value of this is that we we need to kind of know what is the blueprint of subjecting ourselves to God's way, to God's spirit, so that he um, has his full effect on us. And and our flesh is always resisting that. I think of a famous poem by John Donne, who, who say, says, batter my heart 
three-personed God. And the, and the whole poem is about this idea of overcome my will. I'm aware of my resistance to you. I'm, rever- I'm aware of my inclinations against you. I'm aware of all of the blockades that I have to not let you have your way. And so I'm, I'm actually planning ahead mm. and I'm saying, batter my heart, like mm. overthrow all of those resistances so that you would have your way with me at the end of my life. And I, and I think about I think about this and it almost feels like something similar Mm. as what John Dunn was getting at. It's like, I know me, I don't like doing hard things. I, 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 even spiritual things are sometimes difficult. Even, even with the spirit, it's, you feel that tension, the war between like passivity and action and, you know, complacency and fervor. And you, you feel that very real tension inside of yourself between the spirit and the flesh. Mm -hmm. And when I think about these things, it's almost just like saying, I know me and I know my tendency to not follow through, to not live out the Christian life, to take the easy path. And when I think about these, it's like saying, God, like I'm planning out, I'm opening myself up to your way with intention, knowing that every good thing that I ever do is you doing it through me. And I never is it by my own strength. Mm -hmm. But because I know that I also can get a callus, a thick, you know, a thick callus around my heart and just trend towards apathy, I'm planning on just carving out a little time for you to have your way. Yes. And that, and to me, like, that's what I think of with this. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm just opening the door through this and and inviting you to do what you would do through it. And I think that's the point I'm really trying to say is we can or cannot open the door, if you will, to the spirit of God, mm-hmm. even as Christians. And not that, even that's like a whole probably other podcast, the theological complexity of that, but it's definitely true. But we, yeah, but you're right. Because I, I don't like, you know, imagine the upper room the, on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit fell on, you know, the 120 plus whatever who are praying. Mm-hmm. And what if you're not there? Like my, my point's like, what if you're someone, but you're like, I'm not, I'm not there. Like, but you're right. We have to carve out time. Like the Holy Spirit fell on those who are there. Mm-hmm. And so like, yes, carve out time. Yes. Like I, I, you know, there's maybe different analogies of like Noah reaching out and grabbing the dove. The idea of like yeah. reach out. Like now, whether or not you like some of those thoughts or analogies, but it's almost like, do we, do we still present our bodies as like a living sacrifice? I think that Romans 12 things like, which is a reasonable service. Like I need to still present my body like what you're saying is, a, and how, when do we do that? Mm-hmm. Like, and how do we do that? And what, you know, what time am I receiving in that, and in that kind of a way, like creating me a clean heart or what time am I just like, I want to be a part and like, and do this now. I'm going to live this out. Yeah. And I think, and, I, and again, I don't want to project onto anybody else who might be listening to this or to even the church at large, but I'll speak for myself very personally. There have been times in my life, long periods of time, months at a time when I've been falling in some way, failing in some way, even if it's just, even if it's not something super dramatic, but even if it's just, I've basically fallen off the horse. Like I'm, I know I'm not living in intimacy with God. Like I was, and I could point at a a certain time period in my past. And in those, in those moments, if I'm really honest, it's like, I'm not drawing near to God, but I'm wanting all the benefits of drawing near to God. I'm not, I'm not, putting forth any effort and then I'm complaining about the fact that I'm not, you know, feeling God in my life or my prayers aren't being answered or things aren't working out or whatever. And it's like if I'm really honest, like I'm like 
I, I, it, there, there's, again, there's, there's such a tendency that I have of wanting all of the benefits of God in my life without actually partaking of the relationship. And, and when I think about this, it's like, I mean, and tell me if, I, I don't know these things as well as you do, but when I think about some of the, the categories that we're talking about, it's like, it, it kind of, it always relational is I guess yes. the point that I'm making. And it's like, how, how do we go about pursuing God in a relationship? Like ultimately we all desire to do, we all want to know our creator, I, I believe. Yeah. But it's like, again, that I, I think that idea of like a blueprint, like what is the blueprint for opening one's self up to God mm-hmm. and then anticipating that he's like, okay, let's go. This is what I like. When you draw near to me, I draw near to you. When you knock, the door is open. When you call, I answer. Like, but if you, but there's also the alternative to that where if you don't want to ever spend time with me or live life in the way that I've called you to live or have anything to do with me, but you did. And now I'm getting a little bit, a little bit cynical, but you did, you know, circle a date on the calendar that one time when you were six, that you went forward for the altar call and you've basically entirely departed from me, my kingdom, my way that I've called you to live. And then simultaneously you're complaining about mm-hmm. maybe God isn't real at all, or I don't know, I don't really know. And you, and you, you know, like, mm-hmm. and again, this is all kind of personal, but I also think that other people have gone through similar trajectories. All of that to say, I think that, I think that some of the value in this comes in quantifying what does it actually look like to pursue God, practically speaking. Yes. I mean, you're spot on. I mean, and I think what you said about James 4, like, draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Sometimes it's weird in the church where, I don't know, we we go, but that's backwards. God came to us, and then we, you know, and listen, that's why we start with the gospel. But mm-hmm. what is James saying? There is something about drawing near to God, and he will draw near to you. There's something about saying, and I, that's why I like how David Mathis calls it the habits of grace, hmm. because his point is just saying all of these disciplines are even grace itself. Like, don't confuse it. Don't, don't think for a second this is you. Because mm-hmm. even that, like... I, even the thought of, um, you know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, or the thought of walk worthy of the calling to which you were called in Ephesians, mm-hmm. all of these things, like, you got to realize even that is a grace. So that's what I, I, I don't want to lose sight of, you know, I, it's what Paul, to me, said in 1 Corinthians fifteen ten in our conversation right now, where mm-hmm. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, only he can say that, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. It's crazy. It starts with grace. I worked hard, but it ends with grace. Mm. And I think there's that kind of dynamic of like, listen, we, we can't get away from the grace of God. He saved me. And then I worked harder than you all, but even that was the grace of God. Like, I think there's this dynamic as we talk about this and move forward in this. Um, don't begin to think like, look how disciplined I am. Look what I do. Or Because then it's weird, man. You're either prideful when you're doing well and you feel shame when you're doing bad. And I think like, because oh, you're, you're still missing the point, even the act mm. of having time, the act of being free to carve out time, you know, to pray, to see, like everything's a grace. Everything goes back to God. Thank you that I'm able to even, you know, you put this thought in my heart, my mind, and want to develop it and grow it. Like, I just want to not lose sight of even the disciplines are the grace of God. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's funny what you, I, this came to my heart or my mind when I, when you're talking about this, cause like, is it the Holy spirit? Is it us? How does this, how do those things work together? And in what way do they work together? Uh, Dallas Willard said in his book, he says, and this is probably the best quote on this. A contrast must be drawn. Sometimes we think of spiritual formation as formation by the Holy Spirit. Once again, that's essential. We can't evade it. 
formation by the Holy Spirit. But now I have to say something that may be challenging for you to think about. Spiritual formation is not all by the Holy Spirit, none without the Holy Spirit. But there's always, but there's always more involved. And here again, we run into the problems of passivity over against activity. Here lies the deepest challenge to the very idea of obedience to Christ in our times. We have to realize, like, I love that phrase right there. Uh, he says, uh, the spiritual formation is not all by the Holy Spirit, none without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's none without him. But there's this element of like, I'm, I'm inviting you to partner with me to pray, to seek me, to mm-hmm. call upon me, to be in silence and solitude. So yeah. as we move forward in these, I think there's that like, don't lose sight. Don't, this began in the spirit. Don't try to perfect it in the flesh. Mm-hmm. That's where we become, we can become pharisaical. Like, look what I'm doing. Um, but I was like, man, like hopefully we can put this, whether it's in our morning, lunch, afternoon, before bed, like a certain time just to like still your heart, give thanks. Maybe it's a time to give thanks in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's a time to say, you know, I don't need to go to bed always my phone or always watching up. Like maybe there's something I can, I can mix up. Um, and then watch how God uses those small things. Like, wow, I was actually woke up um, less tired and more grateful, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I, I just think watch what the Holy Spirit can do when we give him space to move into work. So the call is this, and this is what I'm feeling for myself too. This is, this is what it's all about is we, we are desiring to draw close closer to God through these upcoming weeks and 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 through these disciplines and we're asking God to work through this personally i i want more of the presence of God in my life i want more of his joy that is my strength i want more gratitude in my life i want more of an eternal perspective um, I, I want to just carve out the time to rest in the shadow of his wings and be with my creator and have the perspective about life that actually is eternal and actually matters and not just to be constantly in a flurry of work and mm-hmm. anxiety and productivity and ambition and all of the things of this world that just constantly come after us and haunt us. Like I, I want... I want to pull myself out of that natural pattern of living that culture just relentlessly offers us. And I want to take a, st- a intentional step towards God through these disciplines, which are biblical, and ask God to bless that time and to meet with us, to meet, to meet with, if anyone listening has the same desires that I just outlined, then join us. Let's mm. do this together yes. and let's pray together. God, have your way through this. And and let's actually not just give you words to listen into your ears and ideas mm-hmm. to think about, but let's together as a family, as, as children of God, um, partake on this. For me, it almost feels like an experiment, which sounds weird, sure. but it's almost like this experiment of doing something intentionally that is a biblical good thing, but just setting it as a goal and doing it and then saying, God, obviously I can't manifest good any I can't manifest good results in my life. I can't, you know, do anything really, but bless this time and um bless this experiment in a sense. And and, and so that that's what yes. that's what I am excited about with this. Mm. With that being said, where shall we begin? Dude, that's good. Uh, let me just can I add to that because I think that's, that is huge. I would say um, in this process, don't lose sight of the goal. 
Yeah. The goal, simply put, must be God. Mm-hmm. The, I do think these disciplines, kind of like we talked about Dylan and his testimony about you know the steps, nay, listen, the, I do hope and pray a byproduct will be deliverance from sin. Mm-hmm. I hope, like from addictive habitual, I can't break this, it's Romans 7, I, the things I want to do, I'm not doing, hmm. things I'm not doing, I, that's what I want to do. Like, I, I hope it can break, I, but I don't, that even can't be the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a great th- goal, but it's, it can't be the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard for me because I can have, I have goals like that. Like, I have goals where I, I hope this can happen along the way. Even when you think of fasting, usually people fast because like, I want to hear from God on a topic. Like, great, but that, even that can't be the goal. So as we do, like all these, like I, there's all these sub goals, which are great, mm-hmm. but we can't lose sight of like, Lord, how do I, it's almost like what, again, Dallas, like, how do I build this inner sanctuary where I can commune with you, where I can run to? It's like, I can, I can do despite what's going on. Just go, Lord, you're with me. You're here. Thank you. You know, I said, like, you know, and just like, just talk to him. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope there's that mixture of like, how do we, how do we have um, intimacy, depth be the goal? And I think a bride product would be discipleship, hopefully good patterns, habits, hopefully mm-hmm. how you, how we do our day to day, how we spend our time. Hopefully all that changes. Mm-hmm. And there's like sub goals. I think that that's a great, yeah. um, cause listen, there are, there are phenomenal things like atomic habit to that book by what's his name, James or whatever his name is that, that book mm-hmm. phenomenal. I mean, re- yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say like, read it, go through it. Like that's helpful. But even that, like you might have that, but also have great habits, be very disciplined, but be dead spiritually. Yeah. So it can't just be about the disciplines. It can't just be about the habits. Right. Cause you could have the most fit, awesome, incredible, successful person because they wake up at 4 a.m. and eat eggs and have salt and water right. and do all that stuff. Right. But it's like, but that will not regenerate your heart. That will not bring intimacy. That will not fulfill your soul. Yeah. That will not meet the deepest, darkest parts of your life. Like, so that's why it has to be with the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God. Lord, let me not lose sight. This is you. And I'm opening myself up to you. When, I, when I'm doing these disciplines, it's a way for me to say, I'm opening myself up to you and what it is you want to do in me. Yeah. So as we pursue this, I'd say, don't lose sight of that. Where do we begin? I would actually start here because this is such a big intro. I would say read Psalm 51 and mm. Psalm 139. Those are probably the two places I'd say, hey, like whatever, I hope you have reading of some sort or you're going through a book of the Bible or you have some sort of reading plan, great. But I would say like, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, I think Psalm 51, this idea of like creating me a clean heart, Psalm 139, Lord, search me. You know, I think these would be, this would be a great start. It's like, even why do I want to do this? And I really do hope, like, like I agree with you, man. I really hope people would like take us up on this mm-hmm. because I am looking forward to some of those byproducts. But what is the goal? I, I can't lose sight of And I need you to remind me of the goals of like, hey, it's, it has to be intimacy with Jesus. Mm. It has to be real depth and like love for God. And, or is it like, I don't know. So we're going to need that. We're going to need that for each other. So I would say, let's start there with like scripture reading, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of saying, God, purify my desires in this. Um, why do I want to do this? What do I want to accomplish? Clarify that um, and be honest with yourself. Like, God, is it some other reason I'm doing this? Can you be the goal? Can you change my desires and motives? I would start by asking some of those questions and like just saying, okay, Lord, before, I don't even know what's next, you know, and I don't even know what I'm going to give myself over to for the next week or two, but let me just start with like purify my heart. I really want to create depth with you, intimacy with you. Um, and let, let's kind of start there with that being the goal. I love that. And then next episode... We'll focus on a certain topic. We don't have to say what it is now. Yeah, yeah. We don't have clarity, but we'll, in a sense, kind of, this is the broad overview. We'll zoom into something. My hope is to do like, this is um, 1A, we'll do 1B, and then get to our first discipline. Okay, so next podcast yeah. is 1B, and yes. then we'll dive into the practical steps. <laughs> yeah, but I think next week we'll be, I think all of it will set us up for doing it well. So before we jump into it, it let's, let's create, you know, create a good I love it. perspective on it first. I love it. Cool. See you guys next time. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Peace.